Welcome to the Jewish Education Experience Podcast with your hosts, Yasmina and Ari, who will be uncovering gems of wisdom with Jewish educators from around the world. To support our podcast, you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash Jewish Education Experience Podcast. Our guest today is Sari Kapitnikov, and she is a Jewish educator, illustrator, and author. She founded That Jewish Moment in 2014 in order to spread positivity about Judaism. She is passionate about creating books, games, activities, shows, and virtual challenges that bring Judaism to life. For the last decade, Suri has taught elementary, middle, and high school, but her creativity and energy have reached beyond the classroom, bringing the sparks of Jewish life to all parts of the world. So I'm really uh, excited to talk with you a bit more about that. Hello, Suri. Welcome to the Jewish Education Experience podcast. Thank Woo-hoo. you so much Thank for you, uh, being here. <laughs> Thank you. I'm already having fun. Yeah, this is um, really awesome to talk with uh an educator such as yourself that has such a diverse background and also an entrepreneur. I, I, I checked out your website a bit earlier and uh, yeah, looking forward to getting to know more about you. Um, will Thank you please you. just tell us a bit more about yourself and just how you began your journey in Jewish education? Yes. Yeah, so I, I've always loved playing school. Um, as a kid, even as a teenager, when I'd be babysitting, I would love saying, okay, let's play school. Um, I worked in summer camp, so I had a lot of experience in both formal and informal education. Um, I also worked in a Hebrew school on Sundays. Um, but still, when I was in college, it took a lot of soul searching to figure out exactly which career path I wanted to follow. Um, I was actually pre-dent for a good amount of time. And I was shadowing a pair of pediatric dentists, and I loved it so much. I really did. Um, I loved watching the interaction between the kids and the dentist. And I loved seeing the kids, you know, they would feel a little nervous, and the dentist would calm them down. And I realized I loved everything about it except the actual teeth part. Um, so that happened at the same time I was in college, and I remember passing an advertisement in the hall. And it said, be the inspiring teacher you always wish you had. Wow. And it just struck a chord, a combination of, you know, the, the little phrase they had there. And they had a picture of a teacher um, helping a student. And I was also participating in Yeshiva University's Torah Tours program. Um, okay. Every, every year they send students to different communities around the country. I think also around the world, but I didn't get... I didn't get to go to, you know, Sweden or anything like that. Um, I went, you know, a few hours away and I created some workshops for kids, adults, teens, and it was so much fun and also really meaningful and rewarding. And the combination of the, you know, dentistry, um, the shadowing with the advertisement and the Torah tours, I think together made me realize that this is what I have to do. Wow. It's really fascinating. Um, we've actually hosted some um, people from Torah Tours. They've come here to our community and have spent different chagim and everything with us. So it's really cool that you also were involved with um, Torah Tours. Yes. And I'm curious how, how far into 
your dental path did you switch? Were you kind of close to finishing? Were you in the middle or towards the beginning? It's a good question. I I think the path to be a dentist is a very long time. So I definitely um, was in the beginning of it where I had taken, I spent a whole summer taking chemistry um, and I was taking organic chemistry, um, which was brutal. I remember I, there was a certain test that I did not study for because I had realized the night before, okay, I think it's time to switch my career path. Anyway, I asked the teacher, should I take this test? Should I not? He said, just wing it. Um, wow. And on the test, I think I got in the thirties, but I had fun doodling cartoons all over. Um, I think so he, he saved the test <laughs> and I wrote on the back, I don't know if I should, if I should stay in this class, dot, dot, dot. Or wow. go. And uh, I decided to, or go. So, um, so I, I wasn't even, um, I was not far along. I was still in the pre-dent part Okay. before, you know, I, I haven't, I didn't even take physics. Um, there were a few other classes, but it's the kind of thing that you, you want to really think about before you take that on. Um, I mean, people change their minds all the time, but I was on a few other paths. I was thinking about being a nurse, being a teacher for the deaf or a sign language interpreter, being an animator. I've had a lot of dream paths. And the the great thing about being an educator is you really get to do a little bit of everything. So honestly, I don't, I don't clean teeth, but I do have that, you know, ability to have the one-on-one interactions and um, to put a child at, you know, at ease um, or animation. I get to use that all the time, creating art, designing art to make the education material more appealing. It's really fascinating. Um, I am definitely not artistic at all. And to see someone like you who is very artistic and how you incorporate it into your education and and how you are able to share that with other educators is is really cool. Um, how did you take the leap then from being an educator and, and in the classroom to then founding your own website and then you've expanded and have done art for other people and you sell it and um, how did that kind of come about? So started, I started in the classroom um, about a decade ago, a little bit more, and I loved it right away. I always had this feeling, though, that I wanted to have a reach beyond the the classroom. It, it's a beautiful thing. All the teachers who do, you know, focus all their time on, let's say, 25 students or so, um, or even 50 or 100. But I, I felt like this inner drive to have a bigger impact if I could. It kind of felt like it was up to me. I had that responsibility. Um, and also, thank God, the talents to do that. Um, so back in 2014, I had just gotten my own Instagram account. My siblings convinced me to join social media. Um, so I just was enjoying looking at, um, what people were posting and I, and I saw, um, a possible niche. I saw that there were a lot of joke accounts about Judaism, a lot of memes and cynical slash sarcastic one-liners, but I didn't see anything celebrating Judaism the way that I envisioned. So I created a page, um, told people about it, and then it became a project. It was that Jewish moment was born. And at first that's what it was. It was just me sharing digital art, celebrating Jewish life. And over the years, it's 
really grown and reached people of all backgrounds, all ages, all countries. Um, over the pandemic, though, it kind of, I, I felt like I was in this position where I could help out. Um, I only had, I had one little one. He was taking two naps a day still. And I saw so many parents were struggling. How do we suddenly be teachers and parents and we're working all at once? So I put out a survey on my Instagram. How can I help? How can I make this easier? And what should I do? And I gave a few choices. And one, the one that most people wanted was educational packets. So I started, I started creating fun, educational Jewish packets. Um, the response was overwhelming. I, I started collecting email addresses like, who, who can I send this to? And it, just hundreds and hundreds of people came out from the woodworks. Um, so I, I, re- I saw the need. I, I had so much fun creating it. And then I started making games, virtual escape the, ga- escape the room games and printable games. Um, and I really just do what the people want. And it's so rewarding and, and thrilling. So I recently decided to, um, to I, I've been teaching all this time and I decided to quote unquote quit my day job um, and totally be, you know, a global educator. Wow. I aim to be. Thank God. Well, you're an example of um, using social media for, for good and for spreading the light and for spreading Torah. I know there's such a, a challenge sometimes with how much to put ourselves out there on social media. Right. And Oh, for sure. What to, what to keep private and what to share. And um, it seems like you found the the right balance. I hope so. It happens to be, I am a very private person. Just that's my personality. Um, so on social media, I'm, I put so much out there and I'm willing to go totally wacky, um, be vulnerable, all of that. But I do, keep my family private. I don't share pictures of my family just to respect them. Um, it's not that they necessarily ask for it, but, um, I just want to be able to do that, especially if I'm as a Jewish person out there in the open. Um, and you know, I do encounter hate. It it is out there. Thank God. Most, mostly love. Um, but that's, that's been my experience. I, I really, uh, I appreciate that you said that. I'm curious if there are any educators that have inspired you or who that you, you particularly admire. So it's interesting. People love the question, your favorite teacher. And a lot of people (laughs) have that favorite teacher that they bring up in their minds. I think it took me till I got to graduate school. I think that's where my favorite teacher is. Um, I had some nice teachers, but I'm actually, I consider myself an education snob. You know, there are a few things I'm a snob about fonts, ice cream, and education. And in grad school, I had a teacher, her name is Dr. Leah Solomon, and she just practices what she preaches. So some teachers might get up and tell you how to teach. She showed us how to teach. Um, And I learned so many little nuggets and also big kind of overall philosophies about education, Um, managing a classroom, wait time, being attentive, all those things. So she was my favorite teacher. Um, and then currently, I'm definitely a podcast listener. <laughs> and in, in my own entrepreneur journey, my own creative journey, I, I love listening to Andy J. Pizza. His last name is not really Pizza, but um, he has a podcast called the Creative Pep Talk Podcast, which really empowers me. So it's not about Jewish education, but I love using the nuggets that he shares. 
and using that in my own work in Jewish education. That's really interesting. I might have to check that one out. I've also yes. been uh, listening to podcasts. It's, it's such a great platform. It really is. It's amazing. Wisdom yeah. in your ear. Definitely. Now, and I love what you said about, mo- you know, modeling, essentially, we've, we've interviewed a few other educators, and they've said that one of the best ways they were able to connect with educators that they consider mentors to them or how they connect with their students is is totally modeling and not just you know spitting out information and hoping that their students retain it it's really showing the students this is what we do and you are, are fitting right in with that with the educator that you mentioned that you really admire and look up to and um, I think that's a lesson for all of us just it's not as much of what what we're trying to teach and how we're trying to get it across, but are we really living the life and are we really doing what we're supposed to do mm-hmm. as educators and as parents, I think too. Um, I know your role is a little bit different now since you're not formally in the classroom, but how do you incorporate God with your work? So first of all, you know, God, I would say is the first thing that uh, the, the first thing that comes to my mind when I'm creating anything in Jewish education, for me, Judaism very much is my relationship with God. And I see my mission in life to to share the beauty of God's world and, and Judaism with other people. So personally, God plays a huge role. Um, and in my books, I just had two books uh, published this last month. And I, oh, ah, <laughs> oh, thank you. I gave a shout out, so to speak to God. Um, and the interesting thing is I, the way I approach God and the way I talk about God is kind of the same when I'm speaking with really young people, like my three-year-olds and children, teenagers, even adults and peers. I think I have a very childlike and innocent relationship. With God, I actually um, made a cartoon. First, I think it was first a comic strip, and then I turned it into an animated video um, Mm -hmm. called Wings, and it's about learning about the Holocaust. I took a class in graduate school called Teaching the Shoah, Teaching the Holocaust, and it was a very intense experience for me. It was an accelerated course, and we were just doing so much reading and learning and watching all about the Holocaust, and it was very heavy. I'm a highly sensitive person. So I definitely felt it. And my days just felt so affected. Wow. Um, and I, I didn't know what to do. So my coping mechanism is often art. And I drew this comic and it features a, a young child um, playing with a car, a little toy car, car. And he looks up and sees his mom is reading the newspaper. So he decides to go tiptoe to there's a door in their house that says grandpa's office. Do not enter. So now's a good chance. He opens the door and peeks in and he sees there's an old uniform from a concentration camp. There are some pictures and articles all taken from that time period from his grandfather who went through the Holocaust. And this boy, even mm-hmm. though he did what his, let's say, you know, his mother wouldn't have approved of, he runs to his mother and she hugs him. Um, and that's kind of how I view my relationship with God kind of like that caring mother. Um, I have a favorite Pasuk in Tehillim, my favorite verse in Psalms, um, where it says, you know, God covers you with 
pinions with wings. Um, and I feel like that young, innocent child, I, I kind of say that I, I'm an 11 year old at heart. I, I kind of feel stuck in fifth grade, just in my sense of humor and uh, childlike fun and that kind of thing. Um, so I, I just, in my relationship with God, I kind of just feel um, that, you know, that relationship that I just described in, in that cartoon. Wow, that's such a great example that you you gave. And it's great that you're showing your vulnerability there too, that, you know, maybe we don't always have it figured out with our relationship with God and it could go up in waves. You know, sometimes we feel really close and tight with Hashem and then other times we feel like, okay, you know, I got to work on it a little bit more and um, definitely feel like it's a constant process. Yeah, and exactly, I actually didn't finish my thought without realizing, and you picked up on it, that we don't always have the answers, and I feel like that that was my response to learning about the Holocaust. I do not understand. I cannot wrap my mind around it, and it is so hard to learn, but I have to just trust that I don't understand that, and that's just, I'm going to have to be okay with that. 100%, I agree. Education, or chinuch in Hebrew, it can be a little bit of an amorphous term. How would you define education? So in some of the teaching books that I've read and in graduate school, people talk about being the guide on the side versus the sage on the stage. And personally, you know, there are wise people I learn from, and there are some people I do view as sages on the stages, but I always consider myself and my role to be the guide on the side. Um, And I actually don't consider myself an expert on anything, maybe fonts. Um, and maybe uh, Haagen-Dazs flavors. But other than that, I really see I'm an expert on maybe helping students feel empowered by their own learning. So I don't know the answer to everything. I actually didn't even know all the Jewish holidays. I recently posted on Instagram that I thought I knew all the Jewish holidays. And then I found out about, you know, the Ethiopian holiday. I hope I pronounce it right. See, I think it's something like that. Right. constantly learning new things. I am not an expert, but what I can do is help kids find their own creativity, help them feel empowered, help them be confident, help them have fun while they're learning um, so that they can take ownership of their learning. Definitely. I um, I love that you say that because then it creates that spark for continuity. Yes, exactly. When they're not in the classroom anymore, how are they going to be lifelong learners? Because that's really the goal. We want our students to not rely on the teachers. For sure. Um, I want to jump back just real quick to uh, you mentioned that you published recently two books. Um, My dad and I are in the process of finishing up a book together. I'm curious, (laughs) how is the process? Um, It seems like it can take longer than you expect it to and, and you all the ups and downs with getting it along the way. Um, how, how was it for you? What was your experience in the process? So a great question. And I have two books and they're both very different. One of them was literally a 10 year dream. I had the wow. idea 10 years ago um, when I was working as a tefillah teacher. Um, I, not a tefillah teacher, kind of the, 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 the teacher in the room during tefillah in a middle school. And it started out as a little bit chaotic. The kids didn't want to be there. They're middle schoolers, you know, you can't blame them. 
Um, and I developed this idea of having a davening diary, a, a diary or a journal for them to use to prepare them, to prepare their minds for tefillah. And it really was effective. And by the end of the year, the tefillah group was a, a special place, almost a magical place where people wanted to be. And I had the idea of, I would love to turn this into a book one day. So 10 years later, yay, it's a book. That's awesome. And then <laughs> it's exciting. And the other one, do you imagine that, was kind of, I had the idea, and I think it might have been in October. Like, hmm, I wonder if I could pull this off before Hanukkah. And, it, you know, a lot of late nights, not so much sleep, but it kind of got churned out. And they're, they're both, I'm really pleased with them. Thank God. Well, that's really awesome. And again, mazel tov to you on that. And Hatzlacha Rabba with it. all your future endeavors. We'll definitely put a link to that in, in, the, Thank you. in the show notes once we uh, get this out there. Thank um, you, Anamane. <laughs> um, what do you find to be the biggest challenge that you faced as an educator? So I, I, I see um, education as really just dealing with challenges. I think someone once said, um, I wish I knew who said it, but the job that has the most decisions per minute is either a an air traffic controller or a teacher. Wow. Because everything is a decision. Minute, tons of tons of micro decisions. Um, in my current role, something that I'm always trying to do is create Jewish material that is universe, universally Jewish, that can be appreciated by Jews of all denominations. And that's really what I aim to do. Um, I'm constantly learning new things. And every time I create something, I share it with colleagues and peers and people in various education groups I'm in. Um, so every the book, let's say my Davening Diary, I had about 30 educators and clergy members look at it and share their feedback so that I could tweak the language or fix the illustrations so that it can appeal to more Jewish people. I think we're a small nation yeah, and definitely. we're stronger when we're together. So yes, we can all fit into little boxes and circles, but if we can all be one people, I think that's, there's so much beauty there. I agree. And now more than ever, you know, we're celebrating oh, Hanukkah totally. and so many things going on in the world. And if we can find those little things that unite us and hold us together, we'd be, uh, we could do such great things. Right. For sure. I believe in it. So how do you stay motivated to keep doing what you're doing and to keep getting out there and coming up with new products and new projects? So there's definitely that internal, that drive, that it's a thirst. I can't even explain it. Um, which I am grateful to have. And also there are definitely external motivators. So just being with young people or experiencing young people, I recently joined TikTok and it is a, a whole new world over there. <laughs> um, and seeing the content that, you know, and the conversations that the next generation is talking about uh, twofold. So first it's inspiring to see um, that so many of them want to create change and and contribute to the world. So there's that. Um, and also on the, you know, the negative side, you just, you see, wow, like there, there's definitely a need for educators. There has to, they definitely need some guides on the side. True. Um, so the wonderful things are being, you know, are being done are, are going down on TikTok. Um, and also not as wonderful, which just screams to me potential. 
So there's a potential, there's a need um, for, for us educators to step up. Now, speaking of that, how do you think we as educators can do a better job to really reach those kids that that are screaming or, or really need that um, guidance and direction? I think the first thing is to make yourself available in whatever capacity that is. Um, social media is really the, the love language of so many young people. Um, <laughs> it's true. Not the really young people. Um, but that's, yeah, I think it's so important to learn the language um, that they speak so that you can be understood. Yeah, definitely is a, can use it for good, for sure. Right. What advice would you give to new Jewish educators who are just beginning their journey? Um, I would say, first of all, I would say, you got this. It's going to seem scary, especially in the beginning. Oh, boy, that first year, the survival year. Um, but something that I that really, really helped me is I would say there's no such thing as reading too many good books. Um, I drank up tens of books. Um, before getting started and it really helped me align to best practices of modern education, creative ideas. So look up online, you know, best education books and, and okay. just keep reading. Um, would you recommend Jewish books, non-Jewish books, combination? Um, a combination. I'm, I don't know if I should say this, but I don't think I found yet a Jewish education book. Okay that I'm obsessed with, except there is one that I, I can't speak for it yet just because I didn't finish it. But my colleague, um, Rabbi Josh Grayjower, um, recently distributed a book that is um, kind of a collection of essays written um, in memory and in honor of his late wife, who oh. was wow. a really creative and powerful educator. So and the second half of the book is a collection of essays and lesson plans that she herself wrote. And I would, the one thought that kept coming into my mind as I started reading it is I totally missed out on knowing a wonderful educator. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I'll send you the title um, sure. if you want to include it in the show notes. But it's a really powerful read. I didn't finish it yet. I have. I think I'm in the middle of 14 books always. But... <laughs> but it's, it's a good one. I remember listening to, I remember listening to a talk several years ago by Chris Brady, who's the founder of Life Leadership. One of the suggestions he had for reading books is always having your head in a few different books at a mm. time. It helps your brain to kind of absorb different things. And Oh, good to know. Good yeah. To know. <laughs> so. so I shouldn't feel bad about my nightstand. No, see, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think we can help our students build a strong Torah foundation? I think when students and children realize that Torah is not a, a subject, it's not a, oh, you know, you can learn math, science, Torah, but instead that it's a, a way of life and it's so seeped in and incorporated into a Jewish life, I think that can really um, shift their perspective. And sometimes, so, you know, I taught when you know in, in my years of teaching I taught math history English so I wasn't necessarily that Jewish educator but at the same time I was because my examples the stories I would share you know the math problems 
all had a little bit of that Judaism because I like to say I wear Jewish colored glasses. Everything I see is through that lens. Right. Um, so if, if students can experience that from talking to us and seeing how we lead our lives and seeing how we think about things and the examples that we bring, I think that can help. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I really like that. I think it's um, important for us to hear for sure. Yes. Well, um, what do you think successful Jewish education will look like in the future? The future is is now. <laughs> the future is up to us. I, I, I'm a very playful, game-loving person, and I do see a lot of creativity and joy in Jewish education in the future. Um, which is what keeps me doing what I'm doing. Um, I, I love creating that fun and helping people find that fun. If we, you know, present Judaism as this burdensome, sad, dreary thing, instead of the joyful, pleasurable even um, thing that it is, for lack of a better word, yeah. um, that, that that's the only kind of Judaism we can share, one that is enticing and and it really is enticing if we can if we're able to tap into the imagination, the joy, the love, the life of Judaism. For sure. All right, I have to ask this one too. So what role do you see technology playing in that? Because you know, with COVID and this past few years, we've been using Zoom a lot and virtual meetings and all these things. Do you see that still playing such a big role? Yeah, there, there's yeah. definitely no going back at this point. Um I mean, a little bit, like maybe we took 150 steps forward and we'll take three <laughs> steps back. But I think we realized the power of technology. It has a lot of headaches, definitely. You know, when tech doesn't work, it is so annoying and um, Zoom fatigue and all of that. But it also helped us realize that we can reach universal audiences. We can learn from educators wherever they are in the world. Um, we can connect with classmates or other kids our age if we are a kid um technology is 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 here to stay for better and for worse well i agree with that that's for sure um well sorry thank you so much for uh, joining the podcast tonight i really appreciate taking the time i know you're busy and you have a young family yeah, busy mom, and you got your your business and everything. So we really, really appreciate it. Thank you. This was fun for me.